Hey there, all you cool cats and kittens, and welcome to the Molly Mormon Podcast. I couldn't even get through that without laughing. I, you guys, First I don't even know what to say. You? You're Sarah. <laughs> that's, that's what my line is. I'm Sarah. And I'm Katie, and I made Sarah speechless. <laughs> I just wasn't prepared, you guys. She didn't She didn't prepare me at all for what she was going to say, and so it threw me off, and it made me giggle <laughs> so much, because that's my favorite line out of that whole entire series of Tiger King, is every time she records, she does this, like, her face, like, changes, and she's so excited, like, hey, all you cool cats and kittens, <laughs> as she's riding her bike, too, or in front of her old school computer. <laughs> Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Sarah, how, how are you doing? How did you survive conference weekend? Oh, love. Okay, so you guys, this episode is going to be a light one, like a funny one, because last week I feel like we had a really like, it was a good one, but it was serious and we're talking about anxiety and managing it. And managing anxiety also means, like, having a lighthearted, fun, laughing at yourself and at others. And so I felt like the memes that we've been seeing from General Conference in combination with our topic today will hopefully make you guys <laughs> feel a lot better and laugh and help your anxiety. Because as Katie knows, I have been bitching about my anxiety for the past, like, 40 minutes. <laughs> and trying to think of methods to calm me down and one of them was this video that Katie sent me <laughs> which by the way makes me think this is just a side note but we got this review recently that said that we sound like a bunch of valley girls like oh my god totally oh my god totally <laughs> like totally Sarah like totally so that person can suck a dick and um, whatever. Yeah, can I just say this? Like, that person also wrote that they didn't even listen to a full episode. So they didn't even listen to any of our content or what we really had to say. They just hated our voices because we we sound like Valley Girls, I guess, even though neither of us has ever lived in California. So anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and sorry, also, okay, I'm sorry, this is a tangent, I swear we'll get back on topic, but, I mean, like, who, that does sound like Valley Girl, like, I mean, like, <laughs> but who is that hateful and petty to go and leave a comment like that? Like, I listen to My Favorite Murder, and I love them, but sometimes I just skip ahead to 20-minute mark, because I know that they're chatting, for yeah, 20 yeah. minutes before the episode starts and if I don't have the time or if I'm just not in the mood I just do that but I still love them and give them five stars like it doesn't offend me I'm just like that's fine sometimes I'm in the mood for it sometimes I'm not so I would hope people listening to our podcast who also feel that way just skips ahead yeah <laughs> and that's it like you don't need to leave a nasty comment especially in times of covid you motherfucker exactly. be nice to each other and that includes oh. <laughs> anyways this video katie yeah. sent me was hilarious and it was about byu um an honor code and making fun of like 
bending the rules. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe we'll post it because I don't want to ruin it because it was a surpriser for me. Yeah. But that's one way I've dealt with it. Second way is these memes (laughs) about general conference, which we just have to, before we get into our topic, let's chat about general conference. And (laughs) I was going to say, we have to, it just happened. So we've got to do a little review of it. (laughs) As I'm drinking white wine, which I never drink because it gives me hella heartburn but I have no alcohol left, and I'm on my last resort. Which Resorting is to the white wine. wine. I like a white wine if it's dry. I don't really like the sweet ones, but that's just... I think I, I like them all. I like the taste, but they just, it gives me such bad heartburn, like, anytime I drink it. And I'm already feeling it right now. But after this day, the bitch over here needs some alcohol. Um, so. Yeah. I'm starting my day off with, because I know you're all so interested with what I'm, about what I'm drinking now. But I made myself my own little version of like those Starbucks refreshers. You know those teas that they have? And mine's like a, it's a pomegranate blueberry version and it's iced. So anyways, I'm still oh, doing so the ex-Mormon thing with the tea because they're not allowed to have tea either. So <laughs> Yum. That's really good. So, yeah, general conference. Um, (laughs) The memes have been amazing. And I loved how all of the Mormons were losing their minds about how they thought that the new logo was so amazing. (laughs) Wait, I haven't seen the new logo. Okay, it's it's literally just, like, they just added a little drawing of Jesus to their, like, I mean, I guess. White Jesus. Yeah, and one of his nipples is out because he's wearing a robe. No. Oh yeah, it's, it's great. Um, How is that modest? What a fucking double standard! Jesus well, gets his nips out, and it's fine. Yeah, and also he he would be breaking so many rules if he was at BYU. His nipples out, his shoulders are showing. He has a beard, and he has long hair, and he's not wearing shoes. Oh, and he's wearing a robe, which would could be considered a dress, which boys aren't allowed to do at BYU. Oh. So. <laughs> Jesus is a badass. He's just breaking all those honor code rules. Um, and I'm sure you guys all saw, but they did that Hosanna shout with the with those white hankies. That was so creepy. So creepy. So listeners, if you're not Mormon or you didn't see, they so they broadcasted General Conference this year, and it was just like the general authorities in an empty room basically because of the coronavirus and so they they stand up they're all six feet apart from each other and they're holding these white hankies and they hold them up in the air and they wave them back and forth at the same time and they shout hosanna 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 to god and the lamb and it looks so creepy and also dallin oaks was like off did you notice that (laughs) (laughs) he couldn't even keep time But, like, also, you guys, it wasn't in our group, but I saw on um the Facebook Ex-Mormons Worldwide group, like, one of the members, like, recorded her family watching it and doing it. Yeah, all the members were supposed to do it as they were watching TV. Oh, it was creepy as fuck. Like, it literally gave me goosebumps and made me, like, feel sick to my stomach. Like... Yeah. 
I bet my, I don't know. I wonder if my family did it. I bet they did. I hope they don't listen to this. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is I, I'm, I wonder if like my mom and like my one sister, she did it. I, I really hope not. Like that, that is like, that looks so much like a cult. It's so crazy. It's like they're controlling you through the television and you're waving this hanky and chanting this thing, this weird saying, which is so like, the temple ritual shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't like oh, it. Oh, it's so creepy. And I haven't read the talks yet, but I know that there's that one going around about um, President Uchtdorf or whatever elder, whatever they call him. He um, he posted one and, and some one of our listeners, I think it was Christine, right? She sent us um, or she posted a rendition that her friend made of it that's talking about like people who leave the church and the actual facts of it and not just how like Mormons seem to think you leave because it's the easy way out. Right. Yeah. I haven't read any of the talks either. I, I just couldn't handle it yet. So I haven't done, but we could do an episode later about like the actual talks if, if we want to. Yeah. Because it's like, (laughs) ugh. Yikes. I Like I said, I, I haven't read them, but I just know that Christine's in it, and I don't know if you guys have seen it as well. It was made by Nicole Crapo, Crapo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Can I actually read it really quickly? Because I think it's sure. really powerful. Sure. So, again, I, I don't know the reference other than I know it was um, Uchtdorf's talk, in which I'm assuming that he's talking about why members decide to leave the church because from what I gather and correct me if I'm wrong listeners maybe you know more um is that this person Nicole just took his talk and replaced it with actual facts of like why a person leaves yeah um so it says it's entitled I choose me I didn't leave because I was on an unruly child I didn't leave because I wanted attention I didn't leave because I was deceived I didn't leave because I was angry. I didn't leave because I was rejecting him, capitalize him. I didn't leave because I was like a headstrong child. I didn't leave because I'm a sinner or because I want to sin. I left because I prayed for answers. I left because my heart told me that was best for me. I left because I did hours and hours of church history research and studying. I left because I had a hundred questions and things weren't adding up or making sense to me. I left because I listened to my heart, my own intuition. I received my own revelation. I left because I outgrew the church. I left because I have integrity. I left because I'm all about honesty, which is something this church struggles immensely with. I left because I will no longer live in a box, be controlled or programmed to live a life full of limiting false beliefs. I left because I have morals and values. I left because I get to choose what's best for me. Oh, that's so good. Wow, that was really great. That's amazing. Resonated so well. And it's it's going around quite, like, I've seen it in a number of ex-Mormon groups. So I hope it continues. And maybe, like, Mormons see it because it's so shit that at these conferences or just in general, they have these talks saying, like, this is why members leave because they're lazy and because they want to sin and because they're unruly and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, fuck you. That's not at all why any of us have left. And if you actually be honest, as this person mentions, like 
none of this would exist. Like, you know, like you would be able to understand why people leave and your church wouldn't exist if it was actually honest. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, how about listen to the actual people who have left versus just saying that they're wrong and they're deceived? Exactly. <sighs> um, and also, I mean... We we'll, promise we'll get to our topic soon, but it's really a light, funny topic, so it's not going to take too long. So just bear with us, okay? Yeah. Also, um, this is our podcast. We can go as long as we want. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do what I want. But, uh, yeah, this whole conference, I have seen so many people post shit that makes my skin crawl with anger, but I can't say anything but so much of it is like completely dismissing science and medicine and just talking about how like fasting will cure this and how and then also like let's do a fast this upcoming weekend it's like um you're not the only religion who's ever fasted before easter yeah okay so like you're not special if you are not mormon or not ex-mormon and you didn't hear this from general conference the prophet asked for a worldwide fast on good friday which when this comes out will be it'll be tomorrow so he asked the entire world not just everyone who's mormon but the entire world to fast (laughs) on good friday because in to cure COVID-19 or to have relief for, you know, what's happening in the world right now. And it's everyone, all of my Mormon friends and family members have been sharing this all over social media, like, join us, join in this fast on Good Friday because of, like, do they not understand that fasting won't do anything? Also, fasting can weaken your immune system if you don't eat and you need to eat. Like, exactly. It's so horrible idea. So, listeners, (laughs) if you're listening to this in real time, here's what I propose. This is what I'm going to do. So, do it along with me if you want. Are we going to chant Hosanna? (laughs) I mean, we can. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Keep going. Um, uh, on, On Good Friday, I'm going to cook, like, really yummy, decadent, food and I am going for every meal and I'm probably going to have snacks too and I'm going to take pictures of all of it and I'm going to post it on my Instagram story and probably on Facebook too all day long. I'm going to post everything that I'm eating and then I felt like we should have a hashtag. So I got this idea from one of our followers on Instagram. She suggested we do the hashtag eat your blessings. <laughs> <laughs> So, listeners, if you want to join in, do that on Good Friday with the hashtag Eat Your Blessings um, because it's just so silly. It's so, oh, and this reminds me. So, I actually, I couldn't help it. I responded to one of the people who had posted about it, like, join us in this fast. And it was on her Instagram story. So, I replied and I said, I'm curious, how does a fast help a worldwide pandemic? And she replied, she said, Well, a fast is like a form of prayer, but it's higher in energy. And if the whole world sacrifices food, it will show God that we are sincere in our desire for the virus to end. No. Yeah. So I replied and I I basically said, like, if God knows our will and if he is a loving God, 
he could just end this and he would he could have ended it before all these people died people are dead I think I actually said like so many people are dead and she said that God gives us these opportunities to experience heartache because they're a learning experience and his perfect love for us includes learning through difficulties like she's literally saying that it's fine that people are dying and people are losing their jobs and the economy is crashing because it's a lesson that God wants to teach us. What a loving God. What a loving. Ugh, ew, I hate it. I hate I'm it. I'm sorry, but whoever that is, is a, a super privileged bitch for saying that. Like, that is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, imagine if she posted that and someone who's friends with her had someone close to them die from I know. I, I, I respond to her because I was so angry, but I thought about replying and saying like, okay, so you're saying that if my grandmother dies from this, that it was God trying to teach someone a lesson? Like, <sighs> that's not, that's not the right, <sighs> I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't see how they don't see that that is completely unacceptable to say. Well, and it's just like the most privileged thing to say, like, and I, I say this from someone who used to believe that, yeah. that, like, oh, you have hardships for a reason, and God, you know, just tests us and puts us through trial. But it's like, then God is a cunt, and he's, like, a racist, sexist, horrible person, because all these people who are in, just born into poverty or into really hard situations, where compared to someone who's, like, white and born in the most privileged position— what are their trials? Like the trials are, I'm doing air quotes, trials are not comparable in any way. No. Like how, how is that an equal and fair and just and loving God? Like, no, if there truly is a a loving God in out there, then I would hope and assume that he wouldn't just bless some people and not others and just be like, well, you know what? The more trials you have, the better and you overcome them, the stronger you are. It's like, no, not just not really how it works. No. And so that made me extra angry about the fast, not to mention that they had a fast just what a week or two ago and nothing happened. Everything <laughs> got worse, actually. So anyway, um, that's my plan for Friday is to just eat a whole bunch and post it everywhere. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to, like, also, I feel like it's going to have to happen where I'm just going to say, like, where is that $100 billion going towards COVID? And I want to see actual fucking sources and not this bullshit Deseret News that's, like, (laughs) the only report you can find. Because it's, like, and also, also, that thing that you posted about the church sending that letter out or whatever it was asking for people to go to their family and government first before the church yeah. to uh-huh. ask for help. What the fuck? Like that letter made me so angry when I read it. It's like you cannot be more greedy and disgusting as an institute, an organization. Like you <laughs> ask and require your members to pay a 10% tithing every single month. And you won't even give them help in times like this. Like, you're going to make them beg. They have more money than they know that they could possibly know what to do with. They have so much money that everyone who came to them, they could help. But they don't. They say, you got to go to your family first and then the government for help if you need, like, money. 
and then then you can come to us and then only if you're like an honor like a worthy tithe payer do they give you any kind of support it's like I was thinking about this it's kind of like the ultimate MLM right it's like you have to buy in to even get the minute amount back so you're losing money because you're giving so much and they barely even help you out in the long run it's crazy oh and you know what the other this makes me think of I was I was looking for an email in my junk folder like recently I think it was like three weeks ago now and I came across one that was says that it's from LDS. And I was like, what the fuck is this? So I open it and it's like in German and it's an official letter from like, I don't know if it's from German LDS, like the, the German wards here, or if it really is spam. I don't know, but I kind of, it's like on an official letterhead and everything. And from my very basic German It was saying like, oh, if you want to pay more and give even more money, plus you're tithing every month, like the church set up an even easier thing online that you can do instead of like an actual tithing form and slip, blah, blah, blah. Now you can just do it directly online with a bank transfer. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I took a screenshot of it. And so I have it. But it's I mean, it could in all honesty, could be spam, but that's like actually brilliant if someone like took the church's letterhead <laughs> to make a a money scam but I'm pretty sure it wasn't and that it's just the church trying to get more money by being like look how convenient you can donate even more money because we've made it so easy for you uh, yeah easy give us your money Ugh. anyway yeah. um oh and okay last thing last announcement before we get into our topic is that we have a new patron oh. yay it's uh her name is ruth so thank you Hi, so ruth. Much, ruth thank you for being our patron um helps a lot yes thank you especially in times like this and and a, a big shout out to all of our pre-existing patrons who still continue to support us and help us run this podcast every month. Like we really, really appreciate you guys. So thank you. Even if it's the, you know, $2 a month like that helps Katie and I a lot. It it helps us so much. We're so grateful. So thank you. And, and as always, for those who aren't able to, um, be patrons as well and support us in financial way like thank you just for your support in general for like you know sharing us recommending us and also just those lovely messages and reviews that we get yeah we love that and thank you so yeah okay we promise we are not greedy lds members asking you to <laughs> donate 10 percent of your money to us like that's right. not the reason so <laughs> <laughs> no, we just got stuff we got to pay for to get this on the air. So, okay. Are you ready to get into the actual topic now that it's 23 minutes later? <laughs> <laughs> I am because you know what? I feel like this, this episode, like I was telling my boyfriend the topic and he was just like dead silence. Like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> are you ready, Katie? Oh, I'm so ready. Let's get into it. Okay, so listeners, as you probably know, the topic today is we are going to compare Joe Exotic, 
of the Tiger King with Joseph Smith, a.k.a. J-Dog. J-Dog. Because um, there are quite a few similarities, and we thought this would be a fun little giggle fest, and <laughs> we'll just compare the two. So, I guess... Which if also, have, sorry, can I just do a little sidebar here? Please do. This episode, like... For anyone, this is somewhat, this is an episode, if I could speak properly, (laughs) that would also help. But this is an episode, even if you hated Tiger King and you felt it was disgusting and blah, 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 totally fine. You can still listen to this because we're, it's a light, funny episode. We're not condoning, is that the right word? Condoning, right? It's supporting. I'm like condemning, condoning. Those all (laughs) get me. Um, any of the actions or the people in Tiger King, oh, we are not we are. in any no. way, just does no. a little, um, you know. Yeah, we are animal lovers. I'm an animal lover. I think Sarah's an I'm an animal lover. And yeah, but if you have, I mean, if you haven't watched Tiger King, I feel like you're probably living under a rock or maybe you're really religious and you haven't watched yeah. it <laughs> of the content, but yeah, um, Anyway, so I don't know. If you haven't seen it, maybe this won't make sense. But I think it'd still be kind of funny. So, yeah. Exactly. Good disclaimer to put out there. Yeah. Um, Okay. Continue. Similarities. Okay. So, the first one that came to my mind, obviously, probably for you, too, was the polygamy. Yes. I. You guys, I made notes again, but I have to be honest. I have about five lines of notes, and that's it. So five lines is better than none. <laughs> but I have some. <laughs> and polygamy is on there. But you know what the very first thing on my list is? What? Same name. Oh, same name. Same name. <laughs> you know, I, I titled my notes Joe versus Joe. So. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Can that be the episode name? Joe versus Joe. Joe versus Joe. They're going head to head. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a similarity. They have the same name. And then, so with the polygamy, so Joseph Smith had at least 32 wives, probably more. Seven of them were underage girls and 11 of them were already married to other men. So he was big time into the polygamy, even though he did it in secret. Right. So. Oh, shit. Then there's Joe Exotic. And he actually in total has had five husbands, but he was only married to he only was in a polygamist marriage with two of them at a time. The oh, other. I didn't know he had five husbands or yeah. he had five. husbands. So his first oh. husband, I have it here. So his first husband was named Brian Ryan. I think that's how you say it. And he actually died of HIV. Very sad. Oh. Then Second husband was J.C. Hartpence, who I didn't know this, but he is in prison. He was arrested for murder. So that's another another crazy thing in this whole story. And so then his third and fourth husbands were John Finlay and Travis Maldonado. Maldonado. So those were the ones he married at the same time. And they were both really young. And then after that, um, all broke up. Then now he's married to another guy named Dylan. But um Oh, that's right. And Dylan's in the show as well. He's in the Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that's crazy. So he has been married to five different men, but only one of but yeah, only two of them were a polygamous marriage, which kind of interesting and they did look fabulous in their pink were those knit pink suits when they got married. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
Oh, it's just the craziest show ever. Um, oh, and another interesting thing that I kind of like, I remember thinking it in the show, but I'd forgotten about is that really sad. His uh, Travis Maldonado died in that, you know, gun accident. Oh, horrendous. Um, yeah. So that was his fourth husband. He died on October 6, 2017. And then Joe Exotic married Dylan on December 11th. Like, and only two months later. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Uh, that's insane. I remember he moves they so mentioned fast. something about that on the show, right? Like, his, yeah. like Travis's mother mentioned that and how, like, basically the, he had nothing to do with, like, her anymore after he got remarried. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But it's like it's also, and again, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're about to get to this. So sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but I know you're good. Like another similarity I, I wrote down was that very convincing, like very, like I get okay different situations. Like Joseph Smith had, I don't know, this grand illusion of this exciting new religion and power of God behind him. Like I'm doing air quotes and Joe Exotica has meth and money. Um, (laughs) which is like what convinces these guys to marry like straight men to marry him Mm -hmm. yeah which is like mental I mean before they even said that on the show like when we were watching it I was just like these guys do not act like they're interested at all in him like every time they kiss it's like so awkward and obvious that yeah they were straight but they yeah they married him because yeah, they needed a place to stay and drugs and yeah, um, I don't know. And they and they were really young, which is another kind of similarity, I guess. Yeah, they're easier to manipulate, you know. Yeah, I think both Joes were both yeah, Joseph Smith and Joe Exotic were really manipulative and like charismatic and stuff, and they could get people to like follow them or get, they could coerce people into into things. Yeah, because like you said, Joe Exotic had straight men <laughs> marry him for things, and Joseph Smith he um he had many like underage like teenage wives, which is another kind of similarity is that most of um Joe Exotic's husbands were like nineteen when he met them, and he was yeah. in his forties or fifties. Um, but at least, I guess, at least that's legal age. Um, like 19 is legal. But Joseph Smith had many who were like 14, 15, 16, uh, which Gross. a child. Yeah. Ugh. So, ugh, hate it. Hate it. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's see. What's another similarity that I wrote down? Oh, how about this one? They both ran, they both ran for president. I I thought that whenever I was watching the show, I was like, are and I even said it when we we're watching the show. I told my boyfriend, I was like, oh my god, Joseph Smith also ran for president. Like he ran for president too. <laughs> like that's mental. And and like going back to the convincing and like his ability to charm and manipulate. Like even he oh he was pretty close. To winning, what was it, governor or what? Yeah, you know? yeah, Joe Exotic ran for president and governor. And, and he, he had, wasn't that far few, off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't win, but he had some people vote for him, which is so, it's so interesting to me. 
<laughs> yeah, like when I was when it first came up, I was like, oh, he's not even going to stand a chance. But then when the polls were out and it was like, he actually does have a chance. This is insane. And for like a super conservative state, like and for him to be openly gay and in a gay marriage like that for me was another like oh well he's he's very convincing because I know those people like I'm from that area and for them like for him to be able to also convince or like gain their trust in a very backwoods non-progressive not that sounds harsh but I feel like I can say it because I'm from areas like that oh yeah. um, that yeah. he was able to get their their vote is also shows how like easily he's he was charmed like he was charming and like right. yeah yeah very similar to how joseph smith was very charming and he got people to follow him and believe that he translated that book from a rock and a hat and you know looking at that we're like what how could anyone follow that but people did same how they wanted to vote for joe exotic and so it's so crazy and he like i read uh he so he ran for president in 1844 and in the April 1844 general conference um it was said over the podium that members should volunteer to campaign for J-Dog like so he got all of these Mormons to like campaign for him basically because God wanted you know wanted a Mormon president (laughs) oh my god so nuts um Also, a similarity I wrote down is they both have great hair. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think Joe Exotic wins that one. I think Joseph Smith's is boring compared to his. (laughs) It's true, but still, Joseph Smith, a few few of the portraits, like, especially the old school ones, he has, like, a mullet going on. Like, almost (laughs) happening mullet. Um, that's amazing. I hadn't even thought of that one. <laughs> um, I wrote down, so a similarity they have is like the, the controversy of like arson because Joe Exotic, you know how his studio burned down? Oh yeah. And it's kind of like, um, people theorize or yeah, speculate that he might've said it himself because it had incriminating evidence in there from that documentary maker because they like had that fight and then the documentary maker said well I have all of this you know footage of you or whatever like doing illegal things um and so it hasn't been proven who burned the studio down but it's speculated that Joe Exotic did it himself yeah um and then Joseph Smith actually has yeah a story with arson because he ordered the Nauvoo Expositor, the printing press, to be burned down because they were going to print things about him and polygamy. So there's a similarity. They both tried to burn things to cover up um, illegal activity. That's actually, um, I I have a question. I don't know if you know, but um, does the church acknowledge that, that he had the printing press burned down? Or is it something that they say, like, oh, we don't, we don't know yeah. if that's true. Yeah, from what I could find, they do acknowledge it. It's kind of like one of those things you have to search for on their website, like pretty deep. But from what I could find is that they do acknowledge that he ordered it to be, yeah, destroyed. That's um, mental. 
And I don't really know what reason they give. I'm sure they paint it in more of a faith-promoting light of, like, he was a martyr and they were spreading false rumors or something along those lines, I'm sure. Yeah. All they were doing was telling the truth. Um, okay, what else? Did I, oh, I wrote down another one. Ha, um, they both hired hitmen. Oh, <gasps> yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that connection. So how Joe Exotic, he first hired that guy. I think his name was Alan Glover, the guy that they interview in the bathtub. <laughs> oh, my God. He is my favorite on that show. He's so scary. <laughs> He's so good. Um, so and then good. he just, whatever, what did he, he took the money and then went and, like, gambled? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I just took the money and uh, decided to go partying. <laughs> yeah. And then Joe Exotic hired the undercover FBI agent to go kill Carol, right? That's right. Yeah. And so that's how he got convicted of murder for hire. Uh, I think he got 22 years in prison. Um, And so Joseph Smith... <clears throat> I don't know if you know this. Do you know the story of how Joseph Smith, it's, I guess it's not actually proven, but it's pretty well known that Joseph Smith probably hired someone to kill the governor of Missouri. No. Yeah. So he, uh, so his name was Lilburn Boggs, which what a name. That was the governor of Missouri. (laughs) What was the name? Okay. So his first name is Lilburn. And his last name is Boggs, B-O-G-G-S. That's amazing. Yeah. He was the governor of Missouri from 1836 to 1840. And so in 1838, there was like that Mormon War, which was the conflict between the like the state of Missouri and the Mormons. And they were like not getting along. Um, and the governor issued an executive order that branded Mormons as enemies of the state And Mormons saw this as, like, an extermination order, which I guess it kind of was, like, you could probably get away with, like, killing Mormons easier than just killing a regular citizen. So that was really pretty shitty. But um, so May 6, 1842, um, Governor Boggs was shot through a window as he was reading the newspaper in his house. And he was. He was hit in his skull, his neck, and his throat, and everyone thought he would die, but he surprisingly recovered. Um, and they did, like, an investigation to try to find out who it was, and the be- to the best of their ability, they found out, or I guess speculated, that it was mm-hmm. a man named Porter Rockwell, who was Joseph Smith's bodyguard. And he was, like, his best friend, one of his best friends, closest and most loyal followers. He's a really interesting character, and he was, like, kind of an outlaw, and he was known for violence. Um, so, yeah, it's it's thought that Joseph Smith hired him to go kill the governor because of the extermination order. Um, but he oh failed. God. The governor didn't die. So, yeah. I didn't know that story. That's super interesting. And yeah, another reason why if you're Mormon listening this, you need to leave. (laughs) Yeah, get out of there. (laughs) Get out. It's full of corrupt shit. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I guess something else that's a similarity, which I kind of touched on with Joe Exotic, is that they both went to um, jail. So 
he's uh, just yeah. got, got sure. convicted for the animal abuse and the um, conspiracy to murder. And then Joseph Smith was in jail a few times for things, but the main one was how he went for like treason and for burning, destroying the printing press. And that's the jail he died in because of the mob. Which is so like, it, it's, I know we've talked about this before, but it's so crazy how when you're in the church and you're really devout, I'm doing air quotes, like a devout Mormon when you hear the history of Joseph Smith, you see him as a martyr and how like everyone's out to get him and how he just persevered and blah, blah, blah. And then once you leave the church and you find out the actual truth, like the real history behind it, you're like, Oh, he's not this innocent little like victim at all. Yeah. He was a criminal and he was a pedophile and he was taking people's money. Yeah. And I guess another similarity, which we sort of touched on, is just that I think they were both gigantic narcissists. Yeah. And they would never, they were always like, they blame others, like you just said, like they blame others for everything, not taking responsibility for anything, always saying that like people are out to get them, like they're the victim or whatever, but they were still both like really charismatic, um, quite manipulative, predatory, and like possessive. Stuff like that. They were, all have really similar, like, I don't know, traits of narcissism. Yeah, and how, like, the rules just don't apply to them. Both oh, them yeah. Like that. that's the rules good. don't apply. Yeah, because they're above They are the exception. <laughs> yep. Um, and they both have, I guess we touched on this as well, but they both had, like, a cult following. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and... It's also interesting, like, the people who work on that farm are also people who I felt like he could easily control. Yes. He had something over them, and they were, like, dedicated and loyal to him. And I feel like Mormonism, especially in the early days, it was that same way where, like, he he definitely went after people. And even think about it, like, Mormon missionaries and not saying every single one is like that but every time they bring in a new convert or an investigator when I was a Mormon it was always people who were in situations that they could easily be manipulated because they had they were in a situation where they need help or something at that time and the missionaries were just like oh we can give you the world if you just come to our church like yeah that's a really good sense of security and it wasn't and and that's why because I remember thinking like and this is harsh and of course I don't mean it now but I remember like as a a teen and even into my early 20s being like why are all the investigators like complete weirdos and it wasn't because like they were (laughs) doing air quotes weirdos it was more of like just people who are were in need of something either it was like mental help or financially needed help or just in general just something yeah homesick missing and it's like those people that they could easily manipulate oh right they both totally exploit the vulnerable people like joe exotic like you said he i think he even said i don't know if it was on the show or on the podcast i listened to about it but he preferred to hire on people who were like who he wanted them to either be out of fresh out of jail or fresh out of rehab, I think he said. Because yeah, it was easy to manipulate those p- 
people. And I think he barely paid them anything anyway, and they just lived there. Yeah, so. he paid them, I think it was like $100 a week. Yeah. And he gave them that expired Walmart meat. Oh, I hate it. Ew. Like, um, that was rank. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, like you said, like, the people who come to Mormonism are and probably who, especially at the beginning, but even now, like you said, they're they're vulnerable and they're needing something. And the church is like, here, we'll give this to you. Like how great this all looks. Yeah. And, and to clarify, too, like I don't want it to seem like it was only people who had I'm doing quote like desperate needs, but also just like expat communities where you're feeling really lonely in a new city and. You know, you miss your family and a community. And so then, you know, the Mormons come up to you and offer this. And it's like, oh, okay, that sounds good. Sounds like it would be nice to have this little community who will help me move and, like, help me when I need something. Yeah. And it's like all these promises. But then it's like, oh, but in order for you to have that, you also have to believe in this batshit crazy doctrine as well. And, like, give us. 10% of your money. (laughs) Yeah. And just swallow your morals and like never, you know, question the church on its sexist and racist stance and homophobic everything that like they, they stand behind. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's not Joe exotic, but can we talk for just a second about that doc and guy? (laughs) The guy who yes, I have him written down too. Was it Vagabond and he had like a legit cult. It was like way cultier than Joe Exotic's one. I swear. Oh, it was. It was. Oh God, it was. I I have no words for that one. When I watched it, I was just like, whoa, this guy is disgusting. He was sickening disgusting like and these women I felt like my heart was breaking because again they were mostly young had left home Mm -hmm. like were like 17 18 coming to this thinking coming to this organization thinking that they're going to help animals and make a difference in the world only to realize they were going to have to join a cult and get a boob job and just have sex for the first time with this crusty nasty old man And then, like, as they worded it, I think he said, like, bond with them or, like, not imprint, but basically he wanted virgins because they would have this, like, special connection and bond with him forever. It grosses me out so much. Like, I feel so disgusted. And didn't he, if I remember correctly, didn't, like, they would change their name and stuff? And Yeah, he changed their names. because He would, like, control what they ate and everything. Yeah, yeah. They had had a special diet. He changed their name. Like, it it was completely a cult. And it's it's so disgusting. Like, I just can't even. And even how, like, he laughs about it. Like, in the documentary. And it, it's still happening, which... Yeah, the, like, it's... Ugh. Those poor people, those poor girls. Mm, poor lady. I know. And I think... um. So maybe... Also, I was going to suggest this, too. For those... Like, another Netflix series for people who are practicing social distancing. Which you all should shows. be. You better be doing it. Do not listen to our podcast if you are not adhering to social distancing and taking coronavirus slash COVID-19 seriously. Sorry, guys. I have to be very stern about that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, there's this uh this show I just we well we binge watched on Sunday. Um, I don't know if it's out in the states yet on Netflix, but called Unorthodox. Oh, it's been recommended in one of my ex Mormon groups here locally, and so I have it on my list to watch, but I haven't yet. It's really good. Also, Katie, I think you'll like it even more. I'm a bit biased because it's it's set in Berlin. Oh, so okay. it's like this, um, this girl, it's based on a true story and it's a memoir of an Orthodox, um, Jewish woman who is from Williamsburg, which is in Brooklyn, New York, and she moves to Berlin. Um, so it's really interesting and there are a lot of similarities and differences, obviously. I don't want to like, you know, lump every religious sector into being similar to Mormonism because there is a lot more of extremes in um, that community versus Mormonism. But there were also a lot of similarities as well. Mm, and okay. Watching it, I was just like, oh, oh my god! And of course, my boyfriend. I feel like he's like the behind the scenes manager of our podcast. Sometimes, like both Katie and I, our boyfriends are like that. Where, like, mine doesn't want to be on the podcast because he's just bashful. He's a little bashful Brit. And (laughs) he doesn't like to, like, talk in front of people. But anyways, well, I hope he never listens to this or his parents. Sorry. Um, Which I know he won't. But he always gives me ideas. He's like, oh, you should do an episode on this. Yeah. "Yeah, You should tell Katie and, like, to do this and this and that. You guys should do that. And so when we're watching Unorthodox, he was like, this would be a really great episode to have. Because he's like, it's too religions that are very fascinating to people who are from the outside to learn about so it wouldn't just resonate with ex-mormons or people who grew up in a community like Williamsburg but just people on the outside who find it really fascinating which I did I was watching that show and I just kept thinking like I literally shouted at the tv like every five minutes like oh my god that's crazy that's mental and the whole time I would like I would look at my boyfriend and he would just kind of laugh and he's like well yeah but you also believed in Joseph Smith and like Mormonism (laughs) and I'm like I know it's crazy like that I can sit here and watch the show and be like how can you live like that but I lived in something that wasn't as extreme but still had some batshit crazy stuff in it yeah Um, yeah but yeah, so highly recommend. It's it's a bit slow on some parts, and I wouldn't say it's like the best documentary I've ever seen, or a doc, not even saw a documentary, uh, series based on a memoir. Mm-hmm. But it is really good, and especially for those who visited Berlin, or like for me who lives here, it's like really cool to see the city on Netflix. Like I was like, oh my god, I know that area, and oh my god, I know that, and this and this, and like, yeah, it's cool. So cool. definitely check it out. And um, yeah, maybe we could have like another fun episode if listeners are you're interested in that and comparing the two, because I find I mean, I after that show, I went and I looked up so much stuff because I just found it so fascinating and like Yiddish. I never knew like where it was derived because we were watching it and most of it's in Yiddish with subtitles. And I was like, God, it's so similar to German. Like, mm-hmm. we can understand most of what they're saying, but then they have this, like, random, like, English word thrown in or, like, Hebrew or it was just, like, this weird concept. So we had to look it up, and I was like, oh, my God, it's from, like, ninth, ninth century. Like, I was thinking it was new. Oh. I had no idea it has been around for so long. But anyway, so. Cool. <laughs> I will. <laughs> 
Um, I think, I don't know of any other like similarity. I mean, I'm sure there are other similarities, but that's all I have written down. But (laughs) that show was crazy and I (laughs) loved it. And I love comparing Joseph Smith and imagining Joseph Smith with the blonde mullet. (laughs) (laughs) I really, really hope someone creates that meme because I saw the one where they did Joe Exotic as Trump and I like peed myself when I... Have you seen the one where they did, they put like the, the hair of Joe Exotic on Russell Nelson? (laughs) No. Phenomenal. (laughs) I've been saving, I think I'm going to save it and post it when I put, when this airs. So anyways, I'll send it to you. It's great. Oh, good. Oh, man. But you know what? I have to admire Joe Exotic because his outfits and his his confidence in how he looks and his outfits, he was living for it. Oh, living. And, you know, some of his outfits I actually liked. I was like, those are pretty, pretty sweet outfits. But (laughs) I just got to say, he needs to re-pierce his eyebrow. It's like so low. It's just it was hanging on there by a a mere thread. Like it could (laughs) easily just rip off. Like I thought the same thing. I was like, and then also, sorry, listeners, you're probably like, all right, we're already done and we've checked out. But his bullet hole tattoos. Oh, I took me so long to realize that that. Like at first, I was like. Did he draw those on? Like, I thought they were drawn on. And then I looked and I was like, oh, my God, those are tattooed bullet holes. Like, that's (laughs) happening. I wonder if Joseph Smith had any tattoos that we just didn't know about. Mm. I'm sure he did. He probably (laughs) has some pervy ones. Ew, sick. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, listeners, thank you for sticking this one out with us and going on this journey where we were kind of all over the place. But it's having fun. fun. But that's that's life right now. We're all kind of all over the place at the moment. Yeah. Um, that's it for me for this week. Uh remember to hashtag eat your blessings on Friday. Eat your blessings, eat your feelings, and wash your hands and stay healthy and social distance. Yep. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.